With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Marcel Swatty, Emmanuel Otto, what are you? Hey, you know, 48 hours after the event. Let's get to our top story. Brought to you by Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen. Don't talk to me like that. Baker's Biscuits, too. Well, the Baker Mayfield saga in Cleveland is still on, but former Brown, Robert Griffin, the third, seems to have a solution. RG3 said the Browns should ask Baker to stay. If Deshaun Watson is suspended for a significant amount of time. He had a quote. The best option is to go back to Baker Mayfield and beg, I mean beg him to stay. Acho, who has more leverage, Baker or the Browns? Beg. I love this for Baker Mayfield, man. Uh, Baker has significantly more leverage. And it's crazy because in the NFL, the power dynamic, it shifts overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baker Mayfield lost all leverage the second. The Cleveland Browns acquired Deshaun Watson like that. Yeah, yeah. It was gone. Like yeah, a vapor. Yeah. It was gone. Yeah. But then the murmurs started to continue. HBO specials started to come out. And the Deshaun Watson allegations maybe mm. didn't grow, but mm. at a minimum, they did not dissipate. Right, And right. so now Deshaun Watson, as we know, is going to be faced with some level of suspension anywhere from two games, eight games, the entirety of the season. So what does that mean? The Browns need a starting quarterback. Jacoby Brissett is not it. So you are left with Baker Mayfield. (laughs) There it is. Baker has all of the leverage because as Baker realizes, the Cleveland Browns have significantly more to lose than Baker Mayfield. Mm. And as the Browns will very, very quickly realize, you never know what you got until it's gone. Mm. Mm. Talk to me. The Browns got spoiled by Baker Mayfield. (laughs) <laughs> really? The Browns got spoiled Four years of that? by Baker Mayfield. You mean stinking spoiled? Disregard the highlight of Baker Mayfield's Browns tenure, the 11-win season. Yeah, yeah. Let's disregard that, America. I'm about to make a point. It's going to blow y'all's mind. So it blew my mind this morning. <laughs> disregard that 11-win season. It gone. You do realize Baker won six games his first year, six games his second year. Mm. No Browns quarterback had won six games in back-to-back years since 01 02. So even if you were to disregard the highest highs of Baker Mayfield, y'all know the lowly Baker Mayfield who we chastise and criticize. <laughs> even if you were going to disregard the highest high of Baker Mayfield's career, the Browns still hadn't seen what Baker Mayfield had done in 20 years. Wow. So Baker Mayfield has blessed the Browns more than the Browns even realize. Baker now holds all the cards because Baker has given the Browns things they haven't seen in two decades, even if you remove his highest of highs. So, Sal, Baker has the leverage 
because the Browns have more to lose. And as we have all been a witness to at some point in time in our own lives or in our sports lives, you never know what you got. Talk to him. Till it's gone. Till it's gone. Oh, man, I'm on the other side of this fence looking at you, Acho. I don't want to fight today. I don't think I have the power and the voice to fight today. But let's talk about this, discuss this, why the Cleveland Browns have all the leverage in this situation. Now, if you disagree with me right now, if you think this is leverage for Baker Mayfield, then you have never had leverage because Baker Mayfield has none. Here's why. The Cleveland Browns planned for this moment. You don't think uh, they thought about this? Okay, we're going to go sign Deshaun Watson to the highest guaranteed contract in NFL history, correct? Mm -hmm. So smart decision, greatest investment in NFL history. And everyone thinks that, oh, my God, they got caught off guard with Deshaun Watson and all the allegations and lawsuits. Oh, no, they were prepared for this. Exhibit A, how much is Deshaun Watson making this year? One million dollars. And after this year, the other four years, how much is he making? Forty six million dollars. Wait a minute. The most money ever given to a player guaranteed starts off with one million. I wonder why. It's not by coincidence, y'all. What's also not by coincidence, Exhibit B, is Jacoby Brissett is in the building. Now, who is Jacoby Brissett? He ain't Baker Mayfield. He's a tremendous backup, maybe a friend starter, maybe. But if you squint and look at Jacoby Brissett, lately and Baker Mayfield lately they're the same dude and that's the crazy thing all of the stats I could bore you to death with them 9 and 11 for Baker Mayfield last 20 9 and 11 for Jacoby Brissett but Jacoby Brissett beats him in all other major statistical categories so basically Acho you know us we always gonna talk relationships if both girls look the same you're gonna date the one that's just cooler and who's cooler out of Baker Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett come on ain't no competition they both are Eights. Both are fine. They both are good. But which one is cooler and which one is more coachable and which one can lead men better? That's Jacoby Brissett. So the Baker Mayfield situation in Cleveland, he has no leverage. He dictates no turns. Whatever the Cleveland Browns want Baker Mayfield to do, he will march to the beat of that drum. Here's a problem with your with your logic. Oh, let's hear the air is in your foundation. If you think that Jacoby Reset is better than Baker Mayfield, then we might as well get out of here at 12.05 and move on to the next Well, hour. that's not the foundation. The foundation was they prepared for this moment and they already moved on from this moment. And that means we're moving on from you, Baker Mayfield, as well. Because even if Baker and Jacoby Brissett were the exact same thing. Mm. So I do not think there is any more dedicated fan base in all of football than the Cleveland Browns fan base. Hmm. Why? If you ever have to play in that stadium out there in Cleveland, out right next adjacent to Berea, Ohio, you know they got that <laughs> lake effect snow. Oh, I've been there. That lake effect chilling. Again, I was drafted to Cleveland. Oh. The reason I say there is no more dedicated fan base is because these Browns fans for decades would show up to the stadium without stars to watch. Your best player was a left tackle out of Wisconsin for mm. a decade. <laughs> yeah. Joe Thomas. Peace. You won't drive to a stadium to watch left tackle, regardless <laughs> of how good they are. All right, right, right. Baker Mayfield finally gave these fans a reason to drive to the stadium, sit in the cold seats with the pouring cold snow, and sit there for 60 minutes of ball. And watch six wins. I'm listening. Jacoby Brissett ain't going to give you that. Huh? Whether you only going to get them six wins or not, at least you're going to be much more entertained in watching Baker do it than in watching Jacoby do it. Now, I also agree I Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback okay. than Jacoby Brissett. That's not the foundation I'm going to build this on. But truth be told, it comes down to this. 
The greatest addition that Dak Prescott ever made to his bank account came in his subtraction from playing time. Hmm. The greatest addition Deshaun hmm. Watson ever made to his bank account hmm. came in his subtraction from playing time. So if Baker Mayfield has seen Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, and he knows he's not on their talent level at all. That's not the crux of the argument. But if he has seen them have exponential additions to their bank account based upon the subtraction of their play, then why would Baker Mayfield not follow the same blueprint? You tell me all the time, learn from those that come before you, you bring up Kirk Cousins. Hey, get Mm. franchise tag. Mm -hmm. Worked out for Kirk. So if you are Baker Mayfield and you are watching what has happened to Dak, but more importantly, you were were watching to what happened to the guy that took your job, then you hold all the cards because the greatest addition that ever happened to Mm. Dak and Deshaun is their subtraction. So Baker, you have leverage because you know Worst case scenario, if you don't play, just do what Deshaun did, and you might get paid even more. Guaranteed. Well, the thing is, Baker Mayfield can't dictate terms. He can't choose any outcome for this year. Deshaun did. No, no, because he's under contract for his fifth-year option, right? So this is how the fifth-year option works for Baker Mayfield. Cleveland Browns say, hey, Baker, we want you to play this year. What you going to do? You don't want to play? All of a sudden, that money is not yours. How you figure? Baker, Baker Mayfield, yeah, it's guaranteed, yeah. But at the same time, now you are not supporting the organization and you've been disruptive. You're not showing up for work. What so, about Deshaun? No, Deshaun wasn't on a fifth-year option for that. Deshaun Watson was just under his contract. Sure. Yeah, and so guess what? They came to an agreement. You need to come to an agreement. We're not agreeing, Baker. We want you to play. Oh, you don't want to play. Why? So that's step one. Step two is this. Baker Mayfield. Excused absence, like what happened during mandatory minicamp. Was Baker Mayfield there? No. We excuse you because we agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now, Baker Mayfield, we want you to show up but stay in the locker room. Baker Mayfield, we want you to show up but you're on the end of the bench. Baker Mayfield, we want you to show up but you hold the clipboard. All of that says you don't dictate terms. He's a slave to his own money. He's a slave to the contract that he has. And whatever the Cleveland Browns want him to do this year, including trading him away, Baker Mayfield has to say, all right. Now, after this year, wherever he lands, he can dictate turns. But imagine being in a position where all you really have is freedom of speech. That's why Baker Mayfield talks about this situation, because he has no freedom in movement. He can't tell him which team to take. Sure. He can't tell him where he wants to be, where he wants to play. None of those things. So, Baker Mayfield, you don't have any leverage. Here's here's where I think I just think you're wrong based off the the actual factual uh, occurrences of things. All right. Baker was under, he's under contract right now. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun was under contract last year. No, he's yeah. still under contract. Yeah, That's yeah. a different organization. Deshaun was in more controversy last year oh, than course. Baker is in oh, this yeah. year. Deshaun was like, yo, even before the controversy, I'm not playing in Houston. Yeah. Remember, uh, David mm-hmm. Culley, yeah. hey, big dog, can you play? Can you play? Deshaun, I'm not playing in Houston. Right. They still cut him them checks, $700,000 yeah. a week. Don't skip that step when they said, we are going to cut you those checks. But if they wanted to stop short, say, wait a minute. I know you got all this situation going on. Unless Goodell says you can't play, we want you to play. Remember, they backed up out of it as well. Said mutual agreement. In this situation, if we're talking about leverage, that doesn't mean mutual agreement. But the problem is the NFL can't stop pay from a player if the player is out there and at practice. If the player just is like, yo, I got a back injury, I got a neck injury. Oh, yeah, they can pull all those cards. That's what I'm saying. But but if you pull all those cards, then they're going to start pulling cards as Uh well. And that's the problem. So that means you don't have leverage. Once again, let me start off with saying is this. If you think this is leverage, you don't have 
leverage. Baker Mayfield has to listen to what the Cleveland Browns want him to do if he wants his money. Or he can buck. He can fight back. Yep. But now you're in a fight, which means you don't have the leverage. But here's what my, are you fighting for? Here's, my, here's why I disagree, because we've okay. seen it too many times. Deshaun's agent, David Mulligetta, as we know, friends with both of us. Mm-hmm. He's, he's ma- executed it masterfully oh, for yeah. many of the oh, athletes. Jalen yeah. Ramsey wanted out of Jacksonville. What Jalen Ramsey do? Several different issues came up. He goes to the Los Angeles Rams, highest paid cornerback in history, $100 million Ball deal. Baller. Sure. Earl Thomas, wanted out of Seattle. Ball. What did Earl Thomas do? Ball. Issues came up. Next thing you know, highest paid contract in safety history to the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. Deshaun Watson, wants out of Houston. Oh, no doubt about it. None of those ballers are Baker. <laughs> <laughs> but the template is the same. Oh, and the template is very simple. Hey, I have leverage if I'm willing to not play. Ramsey was willing to not mm-hmm. play. Earl was willing to not play. Deshaun was willing to not play. The real issue is most players are scared to walk away. Oh, we but have all the, of your uh, leverage comes when you actually are confident and leaving the one thing they think you need. But you, you forget what that confidence, that cockiness, that arrogance is attached to. Baller. It's not attached to that with Baker. It's attached to malcontent. Baker's trying to save his reputation, and then he's going what? Blow it up by saying, I'm going to do exactly what everyone says I am, which is someone who's going to be disruptive, someone who's not going to lead, and someone who's not going to cooperate. So he doesn't have that leverage. So then he like, oh, uh, Earl Thomas and them did it. Deshaun did it. And then everybody's like, you see their resume? And you see yours? Six wins, six wins, six wins, 11 wins. And I'm sorry, Baker, we're not giving you any props around here because so what you're the best quarterback we've seen in the last 20 years. The Cleveland Browns don't play the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> so we give a damn. We play 31 other teams. Okay. And Compared to them, oh, bruh, you are 22nd or worse in every statistical category. Be real, though, Sal. It comes back down to this. I bring this up before. I brought it up maybe twice on this show in two years. That movie Hall Pass, where you have the married men, and the married men are like, yo, give us a weekend off. I haven't seen the movie in a while, so y'all correct me on social (laughs) if I'm wrong. The married men are like, yo, wives, give us a weekend off, and we gonna go out there and pull them. Wives are like, all right. Y'all think y'all got it. Y'all been married. Y'all don't even know how to flirt no more. Go ahead. <laughs> the men thought they was really about to get oh, out there and pick up all of these women and get out there winning in the streets. Yeah. After a few days, they realized, wow, there actually isn't anything out here. And the wives gained more by letting their men go than they ever gained by being married to their mm. men because the men finally realized, ooh, it's scarcity out there. Yeah. What I am saying is this. Baker Mayfield will gain significantly more by just taking a step back. Because if Baker plays, wins six games to 11 games, mm. congratulations. But if Baker doesn't play, now the Browns will realize that they don't actually have a, ba- a backup quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. Mm. And also, all the other teams are going to look around and say, man, Baker Mayfield ain't as bad as we thought. Think about what the Panthers did with Cam Newton this past year. I'm listening. The Panthers were so desperate for great quarterback play that they convinced themselves that the formerly great Cam Newton was still presently great. You knew Cam Newton was great, though you came on TV every day and said he still was. You knew he was not. Uh, I knew he was not. Uh, really, if you watched him play in New England, you knew he wasn't. Uh, and if you had been keeping up with his injury history, you knew he wasn't. Uh, but they convinced himself, the Panthers did, that he was. Cam Newton gained more in his absence. Because remember Carolina, Sam Darnold, uh, he just kind of fell short. Uh, the backup quarterback who went with Matt Rule back in Temple mm. fell short. Now yeah. they're like, hey, whoo. Cam, yeah, come on back. Hometown hero. Another thing he's attached to that's different than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield only has one thing, 
And that's to talk it. He already got himself in trouble talking. it. He has freedom of speech. And if you think it's free, you must be dumb. That's what they say about this. Baker Mayfield already caused this mess by your performance. And then in the offseason, when they got Deshaun Watson and you write a love letter. And then you write a love letter to the fans like the fans going to help employ you. The fans are like, yo, we got your back, but who got your front? So now Baker Mayfield says, I want to be traded. You know what Andrew Berry says? Shut up, boy. You ain't going nowhere. That's how that went down. So if you got so much leverage, where the trade? How come you couldn't even seek the trade? They control this situation. Let's play this There's out. No way out, man. Let's play this out. No way out. Let's play this out. I'm Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Andrew Berry. Damn. <laughs> you already know. What Play you doing here? What you want? <laughs> You're excused. Get away. Okay. Deshaun just got suspended America for, uh, let's hypothetically say, he just got suspended the entirety of the season. Oh, the $1 million a year? Yeah, we already knew that. That's fine. We already knew so that. So now you got to choose between me, Baker Mayfield, and Jacoby Brissett. Bye, Baker. You're excused. But you're not actually doing that. Why? You're, because Why? you know Why? that Baker Mayfield is better. Why or, do you keep saying or that? Or you're going cons- to consult with Kevin Stefanski, no, and he's going to say, hey, man, yeah, let's, let's ride with So you don't even think Baker's no, no. Anyway. All right, let's do this. I'm Andrew Barry. So, yep. first of all, you're in my office. Chill out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One to ten, what do you think Baker Mayfield is as a quarterback right now? Am I still Baker Number- Mayfield? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One to ten. Yes, yes. If you're Baker Mayfield, you're going to give a higher grade. One to ten, I would say Baker Mayfield's a seven. Okay. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett. Six. 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 Yeah. Six. Yeah. Six. They're too damn close. Like, once again, they look the same. And okay. then, which one's cooler? Okay. I'm dating the one that's cooler. Here's what happened. Here's what same. happened. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, what's up? It's uh, Mr. Haslam. You First of all, why he knocking? <laughs> <laughs> it's his door. He should just be coming in. All right, what's Hey, how you doing, sir? Sir, yeah, yeah, sir. Hey, sir, Baker, sir. step outside, please. Yeah, yeah. You're excused. Door closes. Boom, boom. What's up? I need you to start Baker Mayfield. We got to oh, sell some oh, tickets. Oh, I've been here. Oh, we got to we gotta sell some tickets. Mm-hmm. I need you to start Baker Mayfield. Oh, oh, I don't okay. care if Jacoby Brissett and Baker okay. Mayfield are equally talented. Yeah, yeah. Baker needs to start. He's our former number one yeah, overall yeah. pick. Ticket sales have been through the roof the yeah. last several years. Oh, yeah. He's going to put butts in the stands. Yeah. Baker Mayfield needs to start. Okay, Baker, you can come back in now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Baker. <laughs> I love you. But no, this is real but story. But that's, real, that's really how it's going to go down. Hold on, hold on. Let me give it to you how it really already happened like that before. Uh, go back to when we lost the Music City Miracle. We had Doug Flutie and Rob Johnson. And our owner, Ralph Wilson, head coach, Wade Phillips. We playing Doug Flutie. We playing Doug Flutie, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, Doug Flutie taps out just because you want to rest him. Doug Flutie's a little up there in the years. Rob Johnson comes in, who already got the money, who's prototypical. And you know what? We were told that Doug Flutie would start that playoff game. We were told that by Wade Phillips that week. Like, don't worry about it. Do you know that he had to reverse course, U-turn, and come back to us in a team meeting after telling us that we were going to start Doug Flutie and say, hey, guys, we have a change of plans. We're starting Rob Johnson. Now, we knew in the moment what it was, but no one ever fessed up to it. But now, looking back retroactively, they talked about it. The owner went up to Wade Phillips and basically said, hey, bro, I'm sorry, this dude is money. This other dude can be more capable, but this guy is money. And that's how that played out. To your scenario. But that ain't this. You don't think? No, because Baker Mayfield right now, they have written it on the wall in big block graffiti. We're done with you. We gave your replacement the highest guaranteed contract ever and got a backup that is as capable as you if you squint at the numbers. So now, why do we want Baker Mayfield? 
to ignite the fan base and we know we're moving on to Deshaun next year? Or we want Baker Mayfield to win some games this year? Jacoby Brissett could do that and do it in a much more cooperative fashion. What are we doing here with Baker Mayfield? If that's the case, then truth be told, 18 minutes into the show, we've realized it's a win-win. Because if what you're saying is actually true, I don't believe it is, but if what you're saying is true, then the Browns will start Jacoby Brissett and they'll be happy and Baker Mayfield will make $18 million to do absolutely nothing and he'll be happy. Or trade it away, right? Or trade it away. That new team that they're talking about, they were talking to Seattle, whatever. Baker Mayfield is not stepping back on the field for the Cleveland Browns. But imagine this, and this is is why I think Marcellus is incorrect, even though it's played out well. Imagine this. If you're Kevin Stefanski and or Andrew Barry, and you let Baker Mayfield go, Mm. you roll Jacoby Brissett out there for Mm. 17 games. I think there are 18 now in the season, but 17 legitimized games. And y'all go 3-14, and which is standard. Because outside of Baker Mayfield, Browns quarterbacks don't win games. <laughs> so if you roll Jacoby Brissett out there and he wins three to four games, now imagine how you look as Andrew Barry, knowing you let Baker walk. Imagine how you look as Kevin Stefanski going on your third year, knowing you can get fired. Somebody will get fired if they play, if they mess this up. Jimmy Haslam's going to look and say, wait a second, Andrew Barry. You gave Deshaun Watson $230 million, and he got suspended. Then you let my former number one overall quarterback walk, and you left Jacoby Brissett in the building just to go 3-14. and 14. Somebody is getting fired. Andrew Barry don't want that. Stefanski no. don't want that. That's why I think Baker's safe. You know exactly how it works. These GMs realize, yo, I can't lose my job. If they got to keep their job to keep Baker, I think they'll do it, big dog. All of that would make sense, except an, a general manager doesn't write a $230 million check. An owner does. And if an owner invests that much money, he knows the plan. And if that owner also says in year one, only give him a million dollars, maybe this year we're not that invested in the wins and losses because we're thinking big picture. And in the big picture, it's kind of hard to see. Baker Mayfield there. Coming up, is Josh Allen the best quarterback in the league right now? His teammate thinks so. We'll tell you if we agree, but first, the Warriors might want Kevin Durant back. We'll tell you if Steph Curry should want a reunion as well. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Shoot, knock that my dofo. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Steph Curry is fresh off winning his fourth NBA title and his first Finals MVP award. Now, his former teammate Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn, and reports say the Warriors are interested in bringing him back. Another report says a trade is highly unlikely, but key figures in Golden State would be open to it. So, Sal, we talked about a lot yesterday, but never this. Mm. Should Steph Curry want Kevin Durant back? Mm. 
Marcellus Wally would want Kevin Durant back, but no, Steph Curry shouldn't. Give me a second. Kev- golf claps. Golf claps. A little loud for golf claps. We must be in I'm Arizona. proud of you, but that's Thank growth. You. Yeah. No, it's not growth. It, growth. It, it, oh, it's not going to be love. <laughs> You're going to call this growth. <laughs> you know why? Because Steph Curry, no matter what they would accomplish, it would rob Steph Curry and his legacy once again. Because me and you, we always bicker back and forth over what happened in their three-year stay before in terms of how did it rob Steph Curry. You really want to reintroduce yourself to that situation again. Think about it. Before, KD was the bailout plan when we lost our championship. And now we win a championship, we're going to call KD again for the stimulus plan? Like, we don't need KD right now because we just won. And Steph, you certainly don't need KD on your team because you're sitting on top right now. Why would you ever want to share that space in terms of legacy? Mm -hmm. Now, The reason why Steph shouldn't also is because KD is still in the conversation, second, third, fifth, as one of the best players on this planet, along with Steph Curry. But Steph Curry, if you're really into this in terms of how they're going to remember you, you've been slighted. A lot of people say you should be a top 10 player by accomplishment. A lot of people like me say you shouldn't be even with those accomplishments. And that's the point. His legacy hangs in the balance in terms of his greatness. We know he's great, but it should be higher. Most would vote, but it's not. You bring KD back, no matter what y'all accomplish, all it's going to do is keep you plateaued or even regress. I like your take. I love your take, actually. I apologize. Steph Curry should absolutely not want Kevin Durant to come back. As I see it, There are three NBA players that are in the top 15 that are currently playing. Three NBA players Mm, currently playing in the top 15. Let me say four. LeBron James. Of course. Steph Curry. Kevin Durant. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Ooh. Right? I I can say that. That's fair. That's fair. Yep, yep. Of those four players currently playing in the top 15, Steph is currently second. Most would say. LeBron James, obviously first. Mm Hmm? Better than Kevin Durant. Yeah, you know, first. Better, better, and in legacy. legacy. No. KD's been voted. I'm saying top 10. Yeah, KD's been in LeBron it. James is higher than Kevin Durant. I'm yeah, saying. one. And you said Steph will be two. Correct. No, KD will be two. KD's the one been in top 10 lists. Not all of them, but he's been higher ranked than, than Steph Curry. In every right, list I'm seen. saying, but right here, right. We haven't seen lists since Steph Curry's won his okay, first good, good point. That's where I'm at. There you right. go. Okay. Based on the right yep. present adjustments, okay. I would say LeBron James has the highest ranking, Steph Curry the second, Kevin Durant is a close, close third. Some might say he's second, but for yep. the sake yep. of yep. argument, let's, let's assume it. he's a close third. No. Then Giannis is back there at fourth, but he's creeping. He see them casting, he's creeping. <laughs> he's coming up there. Go to bed. <laughs> if Steph Curry is currently sitting at second ahead of Kevin Durant, albeit barely, but ahead of Kevin Durant, why would he want to do anything yeah, yeah. to help Kevin Durant leapfrog him? Mm-hmm. That's truly mm-hmm. where I'm at with mm-hmm. it. If everything just stays put, Steph Curry's good right now. Mm-hmm. So I know mm-hmm. you said you didn't play a lot of basketball, but go back to your days on the courts. I don't care if you're uh, 8 years old, 10 years old, 12. Y'all go back to your days on the courts. Go to playing poker with your friends. You know what happens when you win a game? Hey, let's run it back, man. Let's run it back. <laughs> yeah. Let's run it back. <laughs> yeah. All right, run it back, run it back, run it back. You beat him again. Ah, let's run it back, run it back, run it back. Triple or nothing, triple or nothing. You finally realize, wait a second, I have more to lose than I have to gain by playing you again. Mm. So why would I play you again? Right, right. Because I've already beat you. you. Yeah. Steph Curry has more to lose than he does to gain by playing with Kevin Durant again. Mm -hmm. So why would he play with him again? Because in legacy at this junction in time, he's already beat him. 
Yeah. So I think Steph Curry finds himself like we have all been at some point in time when you beat somebody in a game and they're very eager to play you again. And the only reason is they got nothing to lose and something to gain. Yep. And you got nothing to gain and everything to lose. Kevin Durant, something to gain. Steph Curry, nothing to gain. Steph Curry shouldn't want him back. Uh, there is one thing for Steph Curry to gain. What's that? Now, let's talk from my perspective, Please not do. Steph Curry's perspective. The one thing that Steph Curry could prove to all if he plays with KD again and actually outperforms KD is that I'm better than KD. Because right now, you could say what list, well, KD's higher or Steph is higher, but they did play together. Those three years are recorded, and KD won that battle. Now, they won championships together, and it was a collective experience, but KD was the better player. Don't believe me? Ask Clay Thompson. He said it on record. Like, he was their best player. So now, if I'm Steph Curry in some old dubious, selfish way, I'm like, bring KD back right now. He's 34, right? Bring him back right now. Let me sun him, and then let me clear up my resume and legacy in terms I'm greater than KD. But I don't think Steph Curry wants that risk for that upside. What Steph Curry understands is this. Right now, I'm sitting up on top by myself, chilling. Got the whole suite to myself. Why would I want to invite somebody in even though I got all this space? So we talked about it yesterday. Let's bring it up again in terms of competition. Because the Golden State Warriors are the champions. But it's going to be a tougher road, at least on paper, it looks like, next year. Teams are coming back reloaded. You talk about the Clippers. You talk about Denver. You talk about all the teams that are already there. It looks like the West is going to be murderer's rope. So you told me yesterday, and I, I agreed to a point, that to be the best, you have to beat the best. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's tier two. Fair. In terms of the competition, tier two is beat the best. You know what tier one is? Usain Bolt at a certain time. Michael Jordan, who won six championships, never a game seven. You know what tier one is? There's no competition. There is no contest. As soon as I show up, nobody can deal with me. Steph Curry, if you got back with Kevin Durant, you might enter tier one. There is no competition. Here we go again, what you guys did for your three years okay. before. So if you want to stay tier two, Steph Curry, do it by yourself and fight through it and beat the best or go tier one with Kevin Durant. Maybe there's no competition. Here's the problem with what you're saying, though I love it in theory. Here's the problem with it. I remember I told you I went to private school. Yeah. All boys school, war uniform, Dallas, Texas, St. Mark's. Gray slacks, white button downs. We won state in our, in our SPC division my sophomore year in basketball, or maybe my junior year. What was so interesting, went to Houston one day, Crosstown Rivals, play a school called Episcopal School of Houston. All of a sudden, there's a seven-foot black dude that I ain't never seen before at this private school. <laughs> Goes by the last name Jordan, first name DeAndre. Oh, real? What in the world <laughs> was DeAndre Jordan doing here? Yeah. He ain't come here. Yeah. He went there for a year and was gone. Oh, you know what it is. Cass was out there recruiting Cass. Hamburger. So there came a point when you lose to some private schools within the division, like, oh, bro, they recruiting. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be able to beat them. Right. So I don't really value their titles as much because they out here recruiting Cass. And I don't even fully know. This isn't about DeAndre Jordan now. Now I'm talking about other Cass. I don't even know how they got in. Oh. I know the admission standards to get into somewhere like this. Oh. I don't know how they got in. 
<laughs> they out here recruiting. Yeah. So sure they won a title. Mm. Congratulations. It's easy to win a title when you just go out here and pull everybody, disregard mm. all admission standards. Yeah, I'm glad you won a title. You got five guys playing D1. I got three National Merit Scholars on my team. I'm out here trying to win with the dude that just won the National Spelling Bee. Coco Carante was his willing word. You got a guy out here, 6'5", was dunking in seventh grade. Oh, it's not a fair fight. Oh. So though they may have won state, I prefer my state title when it was me, my brother, and a couple National Merit Scholars, including uh, Jordan Hershiser or Earl Hershiser's son. Uh -huh. um, so with that being You're said, silly. Silly. there is something to huh. finding a way to win without having to cheat the system. What? And Kevin Durant joining the Warriors, it is cheating the system because otherwise Charles Barkley wouldn't be talking about it. We wouldn't be talking about it. Kenny DeJet Smith wouldn't have to come to defense to talk about it. There is something a little irritating mm. about Kevin Durant joining the Warriors. Otherwise, we wouldn't always be talking about it. It's recruiting, big dog. You didn't pass the oh, admissions test. Irritating ain't illegal, and irritating ain't cheating. That's fair. It's, it's not illegal. You know, it's just you not ain't illegal. feeling it. You just ain't feeling it. How many titles does Steph Curry have now? Four. I thought you don't value titles when you out here cheating. Kevin Durant on your team. He should only have two, according to your That's fine. Hold on. Does he have two or four now? <laughs> oh, you can't laugh that off. <laughs> exactly. Dog, let me win a championship. I give a damn if I didn't cheat. I don't want to hear about it. That's the craziest thing. We caught up in this, like, weird circular logic in our sports media world where we are now valuing championships differently when the whole goal, at least that's what they stated, was to just win a championship. Why? Because they can never take that away from you. But they could take some of the value away from it. It's silly to me. If Draymond's mom even said this, and this is smart. They play basketball. And when you play basketball, you want to play with the best players. And if you're able to aggregate all that talent, what is the problem? Here, here's the problem. Other than you irritate it. Let's go down to a fundamental level that you at home can rock with. Because sometimes when you oh. and I start talking crazy sports, we forget the fact that not everybody sitting here has played at the highest level. I'm listening. Fundamental level. Yeah. Um, if you play any sort of partner game, July 4th yesterday, I'm sure many of y'all brought out the cards, yeah. dominoes, what whatever the case what may do? be. What you do? I didn't play. Oh, I wanted to play a game, but everybody was out here trying to do karaoke. What's karaoke? Anyway, <laughs> if you play any sort of partner game and it's you and your boy and it's two other people, but you and your boys go back mm. and you playing against two relative strangers who just met. Yeah, yeah. It's never a fair fight. Nor is it a true worthy win when it's you and your boy playing against two strangers because you and your boy got a connection, whether it's taboo or whatever else, yep. that the strangers don't have. So you end up whooping a tail, yep. but you and your boy go back. So, yeah, you won, but you were supposed to win. Really? It wasn't even competitive to the point where I don't know if you do this, but I do this. Mm. I will level out the match just to make sure I win fairly. So if two strangers were to walk in here and want to compete against you and I in a word association game or some sort of game, whatever the case may be, I'd be like, hey, Sal, you play with them, I'll play with them. Because if me and you play together, we're going to wax them. <laughs> but, and it don't, it don't matter but in that sports, like, hold on, which one is right? Coach says chemistry matters. And then coach tries to keep his team together, and the general manager's fighting to keep the team together, and the owner's writing checks to keep the team together. And now that's rigged? No, that's what it's supposed to be now. Meanwhile, while I'm keeping this together, I'm always looking for a cherry on top. Kevin Durant, come on over here if I can do it. The Lakers were doing this all in the 80s. Okay. They, were, they were building their team within, and anytime they saw somebody else out there to help, come on in. We've seen this before. My thing is, why are we so upset Here's at why. this and now? I'm done. Here's why. I just don't Here's get why. it. Early 2000s, there was a reason really? I 
preferred football, basketball to baseball. Let's go. Now, as I got older, I realized the reason. But in my early 2000s, late 90s, there was a reason I didn't realize until I got older. And the reason was, as I learned, oh, baseball didn't have a salary cap. Mm-hmm. And so the Yankees were always going to be good, and, and, yeah. and, and uh, the Red Sox were going to be good, and yeah. the Rangers were giving Alex Rodriguez $250 million. I was yeah. like, what's going on? Yeah. Baseball doesn't have a salary cap. Right, right, and it. so I realized, oh, the Yankees are just aggregating tons and tons of great players because there's no salary cap. Mm. Meanwhile, in a sport like football, you have to play your puzzle pieces perfectly because there's a salary cap. Mm-hmm. Basketball, back in the old days, before teams were aggregating all the talent on one team, bro, you had to find a way to develop talent. Mm-hmm. Spurs were so phenomenal to me because, wait, who was Manu Ginobili? Mm-hmm. What college did he go to? Right, right. Wait, who's Tony Parker? Yeah, yeah. What college did he? Oh, y'all went and found them overseas? It was as if they were working harder and somehow, like, legally finding a way to play the puzzle pieces right. Football, play the puzzle pieces right. But baseball, eh, no salary cap. I just want to pay guys more money. The issue with Kevin Durant joining the Warriors and why Steph Curry shouldn't want him is because it goes back to my early 2000 issues with baseball. We love sports because of parity, Sal. We love sports because in football, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl and they were 2-14 and two years ago. You can't find that in other sports. But at the point in which there's no parity because it's just, oh, Kevin Durant, you're one of the greatest players of all time. And because you're on the second best team in 2016, the fourth best team, you could say, lost in the Western Conference Finals. Because you're on the fourth best team, you're going to go join the second best team. Yeah. Like that ruins the parity and diminishes what makes sports great. You don't always want to go out there and just be like, oh, it's not even going to be close. That's why I don't think Steph Curry wants him to join him. And personally, mm. that's why I don't want KD to join Steph either. Oh, I guess my only parallel to that story, Mike Tyson, Usain Bolt. When Mike Tyson, there was a time when Mike Tyson walked in the ring, he was like, how long is it going to take? <laughs> he about to kill somebody, right? Usain Bolt, when he was tilting, it was like, I want him to, I want him to lap them in the hundred. Like, it was insane. And I, I've not been as excited with this parody of track. I've not been as excited with this parody in boxing. It just doesn't get it out of me. When I see somebody looking at the highest level of skilled athletes and one person sticks up above them in the heavens and say, all y'all done, okay. like Michael Jordan did. Those the are the highest moments I, in sports. So I don't understand why you flipped. Because in the early 2000s, basketball had a salary cap. Right now they got a salary cap. It's just now owners are maybe a little more excited into getting into the luxury tax. I think what we are missing or conflating is this. Hmm. Usain Bolt was on a different level. Yes. Mike Tyson was on a different level. It's not that the Warriors with those three It wasn't a lack of parity. I think the problem now is we're just not seeing as talented of boxers. If you had somebody who who too could run 9-5-7, I don't think you would have mind seeing Usain Bolt and Justin Gatlin duke it out at 9-5-7. The problem now is we rarely ever see a man run sub 9-8. So it's not that we don't have parity. We just have less talent. If you saw somebody that was on the same level as Jordan, I don't think you would have had the, the, an issue with a Goliath facing off against a Goliath. I have an issue with mm. Goliath adding to his Goliathness. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that's cool. where I have my, my issue cell. It's like, bro, the Warriors and the Cavs were evenly matched in 2016. Yeah. Evenly matched. Yeah, yeah. It was 3-1. It went to evenly matched. And y'all took what was an even matchup and said, you know what? We need help from the fourth best team, too. The team we just beat, we need help from y'all. And now, Cavs, hey, it was evenly matched. Now we're going to sweep you and 4-1 you. Yeah, well, I, I never will agree with there's 
less talent now. I think the bottom and the mid pack has gone up and we don't have a unicorn. It always takes a unicorn, whether it's a team, it's a unicorn player, whether it's Michael Jordan or Usain Bolt or Mike Tyson. The Golden State Warriors were a unicorn team because they were able to add Kevin Durant to already a championship team. But to that point, What's getting lost right now is like the Chicago Bulls. They win three championships, right? They got Horace Grant or whatever. And then they swap about and get Dennis Rodman. And everybody was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and now we do this with the Golden State Warriors, but it's Kevin Durant, Mr. Unlikable. It's not so cool. Just doesn't add up to me in terms of their legacies, in terms of perception, because Ooh. sometimes you can do the same thing and people look at it differently. They get irritated. Coming up, Dak Prescott is already giving Cowboy fans reasons to smile. Boy, we talking it today. We'll tell you if we think Dallas will improve this season. That's next. Don't speak for yourself. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Saturday is baseball night in America on Fox. Aaron Judge looks to continue his MVP season as he leads the Yankees against the rival Red Sox or the Giants battle the Padres. It all begins 7 Eastern on Fox. Check for the game in your area. Dak Prescott said earlier this offseason that he is the leanest he's been in his life. Well, proof is in the pick. Dak was working out with some of his receivers in South Florida, Lower, and posted a shot. Looking like he's in great shape. Cowboys are currently tied with the eighth best odds to win the Super Bowl, according to Fox at Sportsbook. Nacho, you expect the Cowboys to improve this season since Dak is ripped? Yes, but there's a huge contingency to it. Um, I think Trayvon Diggs will get better. I think Micah Parsons will get better. I think Dak Prescott will get better. DQ Elliott might get better. CeeDee Lamb will get better. But we judge improvement based upon results, yeah. not actual improvement. Mm. For that reason, we aren't going to notice the Cowboys' improvement, albeit they will improve. Mm. Trayvon Diggs will not have double-digit interceptions more than likely because we've never seen it happen in the history of football. A player have <laughs> double-digit interceptions for two seasons over the course of his career, let alone back-to-back mm. seasons. Mm. Though Dak Prescott might get better, statistically, it might not correlate. CeeDee Lamb. He might improve, but we might not see it statistically correlate. Zeke, he might be healthier, but we might not see it statistically correlate. What I'm saying is I do fervently believe the Cowboys will get better, but it's irrelevant if we don't see it. So I told you two weeks ago I was at Track and Field USA Championships. Um, There was a woman by the name JVN Oliver ran a 1094 in the 100. 1094, by the way, is moving. If you run sub-11 as a woman, you're moving. She ran a 1094 in the 100. That will rank her somewhere around 13th fastest in the world. Mm. Ran a 1094 in the semifinals and advances to the finals. I believe she wins her heat, maybe second place in her heat. Ran 1094 again in the finals. 1094, mind you, lying. 1094 in 2021, let her qualify to make the Olympic team first place finisher after Shakari's suspension. Mm. 1094 in the semifinals, America, track with me. I'm going somewhere here. She ran 1094 again in the finals. Guess what place she got, Phil? Seventh. 
eighth. I was going to say eighth. She finished last. Damn. Shakira? She finished last with the same 1094 that she won, won. her semifinal heat with. And at a minimum, the same 1094 that she won Olympic trials with a year ago. So in theory, she didn't get worse. No. Not going to say that she improved, but she didn't get worse. But everybody else got better. And so much so better that that same first place time now became a last place time. Mm. The Cowboys, even if they get better, the fact that the Eagles are going to get so much so better. The New York Giants now with Brian Dable, former Bills offensive coordinator. The New York Giants are going to get so much so better. The Washington Commanders, clearly regardless of how you feel about Carson Wentz, he's an upgrade over Taylor Heineke, mm-hmm. and they now have Jahan Dotson out of Penn mm-hmm. State. They're going to get so much so better that even if the Cowboys stay the same, like JV and Oliver stayed the same, you're still going to see people pass you mm. or close the gap on you so it doesn't actually look like you got that. <laughs> I get that example. I get it right there. Um, but to answer the question, Cowboys going to improve this season. And it's interesting with the Cowboys, improvement. What does that mean? You said it. It's the results. So let's just call this question what it is. Can the Cowboys win a playoff game? Mm. I like where you went with that. Come on. Like, like, ain't, a, ain't a hater alive going to say, no, they yeah, they can, dog. They, they, they lost to the San Francisco 49ers on the last play of the game when they were getting white all across that field, but they figured it out and still lost. So what's going to happen is the Dallas Cowboys, year after year, we always have these lofty expectations. Why? Because we always see these individual great performances from performers, but not individual, like, total team results. So great individual, great, 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 add it up. Oh, that's not it. So maybe this year, let's see if the other formula works. Everyone is going to improve or maybe not, but you'll have a great result in terms of team performance. Dallas Cowboys own this division. Talk about whoever's improving or how much, that's all on paper. And I got a bunch of paper right here. Philadelphia looks good, Washington looks good, all on paper right here. Great moves though, I give you that. So let's say they close the gap. Mm-hmm. What was the gap? Mm-hmm. The Dallas Cowboys last year in that division, 6-0. The Dallas Cowboys last year, in terms of point differential, won their games in their division. Average score, 40. Average opponent score, 17. Close the gap if you want. Let's go to 30 and 20. 30 and 25. Still, the Dallas Cowboys will prevail. Dallas Cowboys had the best record in the entire conference. Yeah, that includes Green Bay. 10 and 2. Now, all of a sudden, Dallas Cowboys, you don't improve, but you will improve in result because all I'm asking you is, can the Dallas Cowboys win a playoff game? And with Mike McCarthy in his third year with Dak Prescott, just like Mike McCarthy with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott, not the same, but in their third year, they were able to mature to a Super Bowl championship. I'm hoping that Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy in their third year could at least mature to a playoff win. Let's personalize this, and I'm looking directly at the answers to the questions Uh I'm about to ask you. So don't you dare lie. Trivia. Trivia. Um, Statistically speaking, what was your best season in the National Football League? Statistically? Yes, sir. um, There's only two to even consider. It's uh, my last year in Buffalo, my first year in San Diego. Yes, sir. First. I like first year in San Diego, but the purists keep telling me my last year in Buffalo. Why? Well, I missed more games. I was hurt the whole – I was hurt both years. Um, Buffalo, because I played the run better, they would say. I had more tackles, I think. Beautiful. Okay. Um, he's right. He is right? first year in San Diego, 13 and a half uh, sacks. Phenomenal. 
That was the only year that my guy, Marcellus Wiley, was a, what, all pro, as I see, you got the asterisk mark by you. All pro, yeah, yeah. big beast. Yeah. Boss, boss. But as he just said, the purist would say, the year in Buffalo was better. Mm-hmm. Now, you didn't get the same accolades for no. the year in San Diego. I know why. You didn't have the same numbers for the year in San Diego. I know why. But the football purist would say that you were actually a more improved player in mm. Buffalo than you were in San Diego. Mm. The point I just made is the dilemma that the Cowboys are going to have. Let's hear it. I think that the Cowboys will improve. Mm. They will be Marcellus Wiley in his last year in Buffalo. Mm. They will be better than they were as Marcellus Wiley in San Diego. Yeah. They will be a better version of themselves. But we really only judge improvement based on accolades. And in 2001, that's the year you got the asterisk. And the asterisk notates mm. selected to the mm. Pro Bowl. Mm. So I think that while the Cowboys might be improved, improvement is irrelevant if I can't see it. So while your last year in Buffalo might have been your best year, that's irrelevant because I can't see it. I can't <laughs> tell. And that, I think, Sal, is truly the dilemma the Cowboys are in. They yeah. might improve, yeah. but it's irrelevant if we can't see it. Yeah, but that last year in Buffalo got all that money. That next year in San Diego just got all that attention and accolade. We'll give a damn. Which one you want to go to the bank with, money or attention? You already know. <laughs> Coming up, there are a number of great quarterbacks in the NFL. Good job. Yeah, you knew that. But is Josh Allen the best right now? Oh, we'll answer that next on Speak for Yourself. Well, you made me remember myself. I had to remember myself. Bills All-Pro Safety Jordan Porter says the sky is the limit for Buffalo this season. A big reason why? We all know. Josh Allen. And Poyer definitely agrees, saying, quote, I think we got the best quarterback in a damn league, quote, <laughs> So, Sel, yeah. is Josh Allen officially the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Woo. Officially the best quarterback in the league right now. Yes. I'll tell you why. In terms of talent, in terms of checking every single box that you can in terms of intangibles and tangibles, no one checks more than Josh Allen. Now, we have some quarterbacks that I will even consider right on the same tier as Josh Allen. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, two-time MVP, back-to-back, I should say, four-time MVP. Let's talk about Tom Brady, still in the mix just because he just recently won a Super Bowl and still playing at the MVP level. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, despite only the one Super Bowl championship. Every year you're going to find him in the AFC championship game, and more importantly, every year leading this team to victories. But Josh Allen is different than those guys. One, because Josh Allen can do everything that they can do, but he also can do it better. What hasn't happened for Josh Allen is that he hasn't pierced through yet, went to the Super Bowl, and won it all. But when you talk about individual quarterback, looking at their attributes, looking at what they can do on the field, and looking at what they personally do at the position in terms of accomplishment. Well, look at Josh Allen, one of only nine quarterbacks all time, 100 passing touchdowns to start his career. And the only one that is still playing that I see on here is my man, Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen hit the ground, and he continues to improve every single year. 13 seconds away from total team success and having an opportunity to be in the Super Bowl. But more importantly, Josh Allen is the greatest quarterback that we have playing right now. Sal, you were right when you said Josh Allen is the best. I give you that unequivocally. Oh, Josh yeah. Allen, talent-wise, mm-hmm. arm, mobility, everything. He's the best. You do it all. Talent-wise. Yeah, yeah. But he's not the best quarterback. Huh? And I respect the game of football. I know you respect the game of football. And I respect greatness too much to simply stop at somebody being the most talented as being the best. Okay, I hear Well, you might have the best talent. You're not the best player until you prove it on the field. Mm. 
Josh Allen hasn't won or advanced to a Super Bowl. No. Josh Allen hasn't even won that AFC, obviously, wild card game. Thus, he hasn't advanced to a Super Bowl. Josh the Allen didn't even game, get yeah. AFC championship game. Yeah, yeah. Josh Allen didn't even get to the AFC championship game last year. Mm-hmm. My issue with Josh Allen is this. Sean McDermott's a better coach than the Bengals head coach in, in Taylor, Zach Taylor. Josh Allen's supposed to be a better quarterback than the Bengals quarterback in Joe Burrow. The Bengals definitely have a better the, – the Bills definitely yeah. have a better defense than the Bengals' defense. Yep. But the Bengals went further. Mm-hmm. There's no way that the Bills can have this much greater than the Bengals but have fallen that much shorter. I got to start to look at Josh Allen and say, though you have the best talent, you're not the best player. Ooh. Until you prove to me you're the best player. I still like Patrick Mahomes. I still like Aaron Rodgers. And you know how I feel about Cool Joe. Mm. So, mm. Josh Allen definitely has the best talent. I won't waste a second of my life. Now, I'd argue about that, but at least it's <laughs> arguable. We're doing it now. But is he the best player? Mm, he ain't the best quarterback. And it's, just, and it's disrespectful. No, it's a little huh? disrespectful. How is Because he hasn't earned the right. He has not earned the right. But how long, how long do you keep the rights that you once earned is the conversation? Because you tell me that Joe Burrow has went farther with his team than Josh Allen. Yeah, duh. Right. Went to Super Bowl. So now Joe Burrow is considered better than Josh Allen. I don't know if people will go there, but using that as the standard, Joe Burrow making a Super Bowl. Well, then Tom Brady last year, you came back with a reloaded championship team and you lost in the playoffs. Oh, Patrick Mahomes, you didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Like, when do we say, oh, you made it to the Super Bowl? Now you forever in this tier one considered one of the best. Aaron Rodgers, you got one and done, and you won an MVP. So to me, it's so uneven when you try to respect what you do individually at the position when you want to conflate team success. I'm just looking at you, because Barry Sanders never made it to a Super Bowl. I dare somebody tell me he wasn't the best running back. Remember my why. Remember my why. I said that the Bills have a better coach and a better defense than the Bengals, yet the Bengals went further. If Barry Sanders had the Cowboys offensive line and Emma Smith was going further, then we would start to look at Barry Sanders like, you know what? (laughs) Maybe you ain't actually as good as we making you Mm. out to be. Mm. The Bills have a better everything then the Bengals and the Bengals went further. I don't think the Chiefs had as good a defense, and the Chiefs still went further. Yeah. Now we know that because Patrick Mahomes would do, do it. But we played too, so sometimes we can hide behind the Letterman jacket. You can hide behind the patch. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. hide behind. We mm-hmm. have the best defense. Do you have the best scoring defense? Is it opportunistic? How did they perform in the postseason? Because Joe Burrow got to the postseason and wasn't exactly Joe Burrow. But the defense stepped up, and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, that's not a headline, but that's how they were able to advance. You look at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills get into a shootout with Patrick Mahomes. Good luck with that. And they lose that game 13 seconds. We saw what happened. Point being, I'm not trying to conflate. I'm not trying to blur Who's the best quarterback? What? Who's the best quarterback for their team? Because sometimes you can have a guy who's not as good, better for their team. Tom Brady went through this his whole career until he went to Tampa. Everybody's like, Peyton Manning is better. Dumb. But then Tom Brady had the results. That's why I like doing a show with you, Big Dog. Because every now and you say something, I'm like, ah, he owned us something. Mm. I would say that the best quarterback is the quarterback that finds a way to be best for their team. Mm. One thing I hate, well, here's why. Mm. What I can't really stand about some coaches, some coaches are just my way or the highway. Okay. But the best coaches are the coaches that say, you know what? The defensive talent that I have Mm -hmm. is best suited to run a 3-4. So though I'm a 4-3 coach, I'm going to run a 3-4 because I'm going to do what makes you all best. Though I'm a 4-3 coach, 
I'm going to run a 4-3 because I got Marcellus Wiley out here and he's not really a 4-3 DE. Let me put him at 3-4. Let me put him at the 4-I, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to get technical on y'all. <laughs> the best coaches are the ones that know how to adjust within the scheme. The best quarterbacks is the one that is finding a way to be best for their system. So give me the actor. Give me the actor that regardless of what role you put him in, he going to kill that joint. Mm. Y'all tell me, remind me, who was uh, slipped my mind. Who played Batman and Dick Cheney and uh, is it Christian Bale? Bale. Christian Bale. Bale. Christian Bale. I, I, I talked to one of my a- actor friends one time and asked him. Okay. Asked him this. Who's the best actor in the industry? I just got to Hollywood. I've been here for a day and a half. You know, I'm out talking to actors. And y'all talking about that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> okay. Who's the best actor in the industry? And he said, Christian Bale. Mm. I said, huh? Why? He said, bruh. He put on 70 pounds to play Dick Cheney. Yeah, yeah. And then he lost like 80 pounds prior and during his work of playing Batman. Now, mind you, I think Dick Cheney came out after he played his role in Batman. He was like, he can play any role. Yeah. It does not matter what script you give him. He can play any role. So while some actors might be more entertaining, Will Smith, if you talk to like a true mm. thespian, one of those true like oh, yeah. actor, oh, yeah. Come actors, on. Come on. who's the best? The person that's most pliable. Talk to me. Talk to you. Who's the best host on TV? Who are the best television personalities? The person that can do whatever. Mm. Put them in an opinion-based show, they can kill that joint. Mm. Make them host, they can kill that joint. Mm. Go cover the U.S. Open, they can do it. Go Mm. cover the Olympics, they can do it. Cover the Super Bowl, they can do it. Who can do the most? Mm. For me, it's all about who can fit within whatever system you give them. Who can fit within that system? Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, uh, no risk and no biscuit. Super Bowl, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, run, 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 play action, Super Bowl. Whatever you give him, he going to give you a Super Bowl. That's why he's the best. Josh Allen ain't there yet to me. Ah, Tom Brady's not the best quarterback. He's in the conversation just because of results and accolade, and just Tom Brady's always going to put you in position. But let me tell you why. Not the best or not the most talented? Not the best. I, I'm not over here parsing words. The, the, the most talented at this position is Josh Allen, clearly. The best at this position is also Josh Allen. Let me tell you why. You say pliable. I can use your words. Pliable, all right? Imagine you are the offensive coordinator, and I give you all of these quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Mm -hmm. Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Yes, sir. Who are you going to do the most with in terms of the playbook? And remember, the playbook is different now. It's 2.0s. We not only going to call plays, pass it, who could throw it, who could throw it, who could throw it, Mm -hmm. arm talent, but also who could tuck it. Who could tuck it, design run? And also, when the play breaks down, who going to make something happen? We're going to just say that Tom Brady is certainly off the list in terms of being able to do the most. Now we stuck with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Aaron Rodgers, we've, we've seen, at least we saw in the playoffs, we've seen also, you take away his number one target, a little reluctant to run it, maybe a little longer in the tooth, not exactly the same as a Josh Allen or even a Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is more of an opportunistic runner. Josh Allen, I don't give a damn when it was, where it is, Josh Allen could do everything in that playbook. Now, to drive that point home, look at what they're looking for in the draft, what they want. They don't want Tom Brady's. They don't even want Aaron Rodgers. They don't even want Patrick Mahomes because there's another version that's bigger, faster, stronger, greater, and could do it all. He could do the most. He's the best. His name is Josh Allen. Coming up, it looks like Kevin Durant is on the way out of Brooklyn. But is he actually getting enough respect? We'll answer that next on Speak for Yourself. Who's your best? Who you got? Mahomes. Welcome back. 
You're now entering the No Bull Zone, sponsored by Credible. No Bull Zone. Great rates, none of the bull. We've all heard Kevin Durant wants to be traded by the Nets. Well, now, the sports say they are adamant about getting back an all-star caliber talent and are in no rush to make a deal. KD's trade request has been met with some criticism. One person who says he should be able to play where he wants is Draymond Green's mama, who tweeted, This stuff is hilarious. Everyone's saying who doesn't want one of the greatest players to ever play the game. I wouldn't care what a spectator slash commentator says, period. Say it, mama. <laughs> Basketball players play basketball. Damn it. Go play wherever you want. Got to bring in Fox NBA analyst and NBA champion Antoine Walker. But I choke. KD getting enough respect? Tuan, it's good to see you, big dog. My first time rocking with you, man. It's good to see you, fam. Um, Take it easy on me. (laughs) KD getting enough respect. You getting enough? (laughs) KD's getting enough respect. And the reason is, like, all disrespect that Kevin Durant is getting is earned, and he's earning it continually. Mm. We've never talked about KD as a basketball player, ever. And many people say, I'm the biggest KD critic, self-hate. He went to Texas. Acho, you went to Texas. Did he steal your girl, Acho? What happened? He big-timed you on 6th Street, Acho? What's wrong? No, 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 no. If I am the biggest Kevin Durant critic, I've not once criticized Kevin Durant as a basketball player. So the disrespect that Kevin Durant gets is all about running from tough situations to join forces with another mega team. The Warriors have proven to, again, be a mega team. So the fact that we're in talks hearing Kevin Durant might want to join forces with the Warriors means that Kevin Durant is earning any sort of disrespect or earning any lack of respect. Kevin Durant, as a basketball player, one of the greatest to ever, ever, ever do it, America. But when it comes to the disrespect, he do be running towards teams that are already great and running away from challenges. That is what it comes down to. Alcho, it's so many components to this thing mm. that, that is crazy. But you are right. Mm. It's no disrespect to him. It's actually a ton of respect for him because players like this don't come around too often. We're arguably talking about a top three, top four player in this league, depending on where you want to rank them. A lot of people have them one. But one thing you got to understand is that, and, and the Brooklyn Nets are handling this the right way, it's not a lot of teams that can give you what the Brooklyn Nets want. And that's where Golden State comes into play. For if, every, if the reports are correct, what we're hearing, they want a superstar. Um, and Golden State has some young superstars when you think about Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole. Then they want assets. They want picks. They've got young players they just picked a year or two ago, when you think about Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, and they have draft picks. So Golden State offers the best package. So that's what puts Golden State in play for what Brooklyn is looking for. Now, Brooklyn can go the other way and try to see if they can get a Houston Rockets or even OKC to do something and, and take a ton of picks back. But Golden State is the best option for them if you want to get a quality player back in return or maybe two quality players back in return. So I think it's a respect. It's actually respect for KD and his talent level. And Brooklyn know they're not going to let him just walk out the door and get peanuts back in return. Mm. Man, mm. man. Mm. Y'all. Woo. 
KD can't get no respect, can't buy respect, can't play for respect. Not enough respect for <laughs> KD. Uh, let's just start here. You guys ever been around a billionaire? I know I have. I assume you guys have. I'm not flossing. Mm-hmm. I'm not flaunting because it ain't my money. <laughs> but I've been around them. And you know what's interesting when you're around with somebody with that much money? People respect them. Even when they're disrespectful, people are quiet. They let them get away with whatever they want to do. So just translate that. In real world experiences, you see somebody way up there. You can see them, whether they're famous or they have great fortune. People, when you walk around, they give them tremendous respect. Kevin Durant is the billionaire on the court. How many guys in the NBA are better than Kevin Durant? If you hate them, you're going to name three. If you hate him. So he's in rare air. He's a unicorn. And last time I checked, we don't disrespect unicorns. We don't hate on unicorns. We don't disrespect billionaires. We sit there. We watch them. And you respect them. Kevin Durant's in this situation because people act like he's just another pawn on the board like every other NBA player. This is why I know people don't respect Kevin Durant enough. He earned his respect. Y'all still don't give it to him. Right before NBA free agency, which is the time they get to grab all of the cards in the deck and reshuffle them, and guys can go out there and switch teams and do whatever they want to do. Right before that, and this is the time where we're going to end up seeing guys sign for $300 million? Kevin Durant says, I want to be traded away. And all we can talk about is not the $300 million dude. We talking about Kevin Durant. And the only way we talk about Kevin Durant is in disrespectful ways. Like this dude has earned his stripes. But this is the media's mantra. And I'm a part of the media. So trust me, I know it from the inside. Oh, we going to pick you up. We're going to pick you up, and then we're going to pull you down. And that's what they're trying to do to you, Kevin Durant, right now. Twan, it's good to see you, Sal. It's good to see you, and as always, it's good to be seen. (laughs) I was on social media this morning. I spent way too much time on Instagram, but every now and then an Instagram interaction makes its way onto the show. Twan. I'm on IG this morning. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I see Rihanna officially the first self-made, the youngest self-made billionaire. I was like, dang, that's dope. It was very interesting, though, Tuan, because I was like, I wonder, Cell, why they referred to her as a self-made billionaire and just not Rihanna the youngest billionaire. Mm -hmm. Because there's something about getting it yourself that merits a little bit more respect. Cell, all billionaires do get our respect. But I've been around several billionaires. Remember, I went to one of the wealthiest schools in Dallas, Texas. Twan, I went to one of the wealthiest schools in Dallas, Texas. We ain't have money, but they did. And you give more respect (laughs) to the billionaires that had to earn it than one that were just trust fund babies and you knew a lot of their money was given to Mm. them. Kevin Durant absolutely is a billionaire. He earned it. But you got to remember, them two chips he got in Golden State, he didn't just earn them joints. He isn't a self-made champion. Mm. Steph Curry helped make him. Klay Thompson helped make him. Uh. Draymond Green helped make him. Those three guys that are going to walk into the Hall of Fame. Mm. Steve Kerr helped make him. That same Steve Kerr that's the third winningest person associated with basketball in the history of the Basketball Association. So while Kevin Durant is a billionaire on the court, not literally speaking, figuratively speaking, we got to look at Kevin Durant like we look at some of them billionaires who were handed the first $500 million. Yeah, they still earned it. Mm. But I'm not looking Kevin at Kevin Durant like I'm looking at Steph Curry. I'm not looking at Kevin Durant like I'm looking at LeBron James. I'm not looking at Kevin Durant like I'm looking at Giannis Ugo Adetokounmpo. I'm not looking at Kevin Durant like that. Billionaire he might be, but we look at them trust fund babies a little bit differently. They still rich. (laughs) I'm going to watch my tone when I talk to them, but I might not.
See the the problem with the with me with Kevin and, and it's with a lot of guys in this league now, and you guys can contest this as being athletes. One, we want to make it to our league, whether it's NFL, whether it's NBA, we want to make it. The second part about it is we want to be the best individual player that we could possibly be. Mm. Because what comes after that is the money. And then obviously you want to make as much money as you can. And then after that, we start thinking about winning and winning championships. And I think this is what Kevin Durant is at right now. He's already made a ton of money in the league. He still has four years left at $200 million on his contract. My thing is this. You started this thing right now. You started this in in, in New Jersey. I mean, in Brooklyn. You started this with, with, with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving opted to his deal. Why not see this thing through? Get on the phone with Ben Simmons. See where Ben Simmons is at. See where his mind is at. If his mind is not right, go get it right. Go get it right and get Ben Simmons on the right page. And let's think about it. If they stay together, they are a top three seed in the Eastern Conference and probably could be the favorites, probably behind Milwaukee, to come out the East. Why you don't want that challenge? That's my problem with KD. Take on the challenge that's in front of you. Are you that mad at Brooklyn because they didn't get Kyrie Irving a long-term deal? Really? How can you give a, you know, are you that mad at him? Because that's the only thing I can see you wrong, uh, upset about. Give Ben Simmons a shot. See if he can come in. You got a great team, a good roster. They added T.J. Warren today, a guy that was fantastic a couple years ago in the bubble, who's back from injury. You're getting some pieces. And see if you can do it there. That's my problem with KD. Forget all the Golden State and he should move. Stay right there. Tough it out. Prove everybody wrong. You got a good, solid unit right there if you stay together. Mm. Draymond Mama was talking about y'all then. That's what it was. Because why do I got to prove everybody <laughs> wrong when I just want to prove me right? Like, like, here's a Wileyism for you. Don't let your ambition blind your appreciation. And let me tell you why. Because a lot of times it's what you want makes you not appreciate what you got. Or worse, what they want makes you not appreciate what you got. And what does Kevin Durant really have? Hella skills on that court. That's what he's slanging, y'all. So, I, look, a billionaire is a billionaire to me, but I understand some people are like, oh, you didn't earn it, you didn't earn it. I wish I'd walk up to my son, MJ, or any of my kids and say, oh, you didn't earn it, your daddy did that. Uh-huh, see where daddy shows up and shows out. Because as great Rihanna, respect, Kylie Jenner, you just dethroned her, respect, youngest women billionaires, I respect it. There's a lady by the name of Bittencourt Myers who has $75 billion to Rihanna's and Kylie's $1 billion. Tell me, y'all telling me that y'all respect them more how than she her? You want this? I'm going to tell you how she got it, the way I like it. <laughs> Granddaddy was the founder of L'Oreal. And guess what? MJ, your daddy, was I'm daddy. Done with you, man. Coming up, a I'm lot done. of people are pointing fingers at Kyrie Irving for the next drama, but we'll tell you if he's actually gotten a bad rap. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Well, he's getting Maybelline or something. Oh, come Maybe on. it's Maybelline. Hook a crook. Kyrie Irving opted into his player option with the Nets last week, but his days in Brooklyn still appear to be numbered. The Nets were swept in the first round of the playoffs, and a recent report said the team was upset with how Kyrie treated his teammates and coaches. We got Antoine back with us, that boy, Antoine. But, Sal, you up first. Yeah. Has Kyrie Irving gotten a bad rap? He hasn't gotten a bad rap. Now, he has a rep, and his reputation is well-earned and well-deserved. As we all know from playing sports, you can break down any player, no matter how great that they are, 
in things that they're good at and some things that they still need to work on. Well, Kyrie Irving, in terms of his reputation, there's some things he still needs to work on. Uh, That commitment is in question. Everybody is saying, look, Kyrie Irving, how many different things are going to come between you and playing the game of basketball? And that's a real question to ask. And that's why that's on his rep. And that's not a bad rap. That's just like, hey, Kyrie, we want to know, are you fully focused on the game of basketball? Many times you ask Kyrie that direct question, you will hear more about life than just the game of basketball. So I'm looking at Kyrie like, hey, man, if you can make all of these doubters out there just focus on what you do best, which is play the game of basketball instead of what your thoughts on the world at large is, then you will be the guy that everyone believes in. But right now, not a bad rap, just got a rap. No, I think I, I believe he should have a bad rap when you think about it, of, of what he's done um, over the last couple of years. I would say the last five years. One, not being dependable to be able to play in the playoffs, um, switching teams. Um, and then obviously this year what he did, and obviously we all have our beliefs and how – how we want to live our life. So I'm not going to get into the COVID situation and him sitting out, but he chose those things before basketball. And if I'm the Brooklyn Nets and I'm about to invest 200 plus million dollars into a player, I got to know that basketball is the first priority on your mind. And he proved to them that it was not. Mm. And the fact that he announced that he was opting into his deal and not let them know first, Furthermore, lets them know that he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be involved in what we have going on. And I think the Brooklyn Nets have been nothing but fair to Kyrie Irving. They allowed him to sit out, and then when it was time for him to play, they they accepted him being able to play just road games. No, they didn't have to do that. They could have kept him out the whole season. They could have messed up chemistry. like Everything they could have did with that team. But they had some injuries. They're like, you know what? We're going to let him play. Plays only 29 games. You get swept in the playoffs. You got swept, and he played every game. So all those things play a part of of the decision that Brooklyn Nets have made to not give him a long-term deal. But he's rightly deserved his bad rap that he's on right now because he hadn't done his job and committed to basketball and committed to his side of the portion. He's got paid, but he hasn't done his job. So Brooklyn is in the right spot, and he deserves a bad rap that's going Mm -hmm. on right Mm -hmm. now. Twan, you preaching, big dog. Um... Over the course of the last two years, I've had a whole bunch of racial dialogue. Y'all going to understand where I'm going in a second. And through the midst of all this racial dialogue, Sal and Tuan, um, people constantly point out, and I try to point out, the difference between two words, similar meaning, two very, differently, two di- very different words, though. Mm. Enslaved and slave, right? We oftentimes call people slaves when we should say that they were enslaved because enslaved is the actions of another. Like, I didn't choose this for myself. Somebody else put this on me. Why do I bring that up for this? To say that Kyrie Irving got a bad rap is to try to act like we just gave him a bad rap. Like he ain't earned a bad (laughs) rap. Like Kyrie's not the one who chose not to go to the bubble. Like Kyrie's not the one who chose not to get vaccinated. Like, Kyrie's not the one who chose to sit out because somebody called him the N-word. Like, Kyrie's not the one who chose to miss games for his sister's birthday. To say that he got a bad rap is to put the onus of Kyrie's rap on me, on Tuan, on Sale, on y'all watching the show, and on every other analyst around the world, instead of admitting and acknowledging, oh, Kyrie, you weren't given a bad rap. You earned the rap. 
furthermore, you weren't given a bad rap, Kyrie. You rapped yourself in bad. So as I look at it, Marcellus Wiley, big dog, Kyrie didn't get a bad rap. He earned exactly what has now been his line of work, mm. which is being gone when he's needed. <laughs> you ain't lying there. Look, that's the <laughs> reputation, and that's real. But I'm pointing out the hypocrisy. Oh. I'm pointing out how people act in this world today, and then they want to act like they ain't acting like they acting. Here oh. we go. You ever, uh, you ever see a situation where people are like, oh, it's okay. But you know it's not okay. Here's an example. Somebody come up to you and do something to you, bump you or something. You're like, my bad. And they'll be like, oh, it's all good. But is it all good? Or have you already put a little mental score in terms of, I'm watching that. Your boy shows up late to something very important with you. And you're like, oh, he be like, my bad, man, driving on. You're like, it's all good. But now are you looking at your boy a little differently <laughs> and marking it down mentally? Like you were at the movies last year. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. <laughs> so stupid. Here's the thing. Kyrie Irving, I love y'all out there. Y'all some liars, bro. I don't know why people don't be telling the truth. Oh, Kyrie is <laughs> going to be protesting and not going to the bubble. Oh, it's okay. That's right. He can protest. That's his right. Is it okay? Oh, it's not okay. Little Mark right there. Kyrie Irving, oh, vaccination. And the protocols are different everywhere. If he was in California, dude could be playing all the games. He in New York, oh, well. People say, oh, it's okay. But it's not okay. See, that's the difference. He has a reputation of doing these things, of letting things get in between him and his end game of playing basketball. I get it. Those are the hurdles for Kyrie Irving. But all I'm pointing at is everyone out there who acting like these couple things were okay. But by, based on your judgment and based on your action and based on him having this bad rap, sounds like it really wasn't okay. Guys, you know what I want to add to? And this is what happens when we think about Kyrie Irving. We, uh, you know, we alluded to a little bit with KD. Kyrie Irving is must-see TV, mm. and he's one of the most exciting players in the game, and we love when he's playing because he's so dynamic at the point guard position. And sometimes we get caught up in that, and that's just what, that happens sometimes with Kyrie. But everything that Kyrie is having done to him right now is because of himself. Mm -hmm. And I know what's hurting. You guys know what's going on. In one week, it was $1.5 billion shoveled out in free agency. Kyrie got none of that money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. You got to think he, he's Love. bad right now. When you see some of these guys' contracts, and he knows he's probably better than over half the guys that got this big money in the free agent market, and he's not, he didn't get an opportunity to get none of that money. So, of course, I can see him being upset and seeing how him carrying out things like that because he obviously, basketball-wise, skill-wise, he is arguably one of the top point guards in the game, probably top five. Some people have him higher than that. So, that's the problem that's going on right now. But Kyrie has to understand that he's put this bad rap on himself. I feel all of that. I feel that. Like, Kyrie is his worst enemy at many a time, like all the time, getting in his own way. But it's just interesting. As he gets in his own way and people say, oh, that's okay, just question yourself. Are you really okay with it? If not, let him know. Get out the way. Coming up. Where will Baker Mayfield be playing this season? I Cho will tell you what's best for his future. That's next on Screw for yourself. Baker Mayfield requested a trade out of Cleveland in March, but he's still on the roster. Former Brown Robert Griffin III says the team should ask Baker to stay if Deshaun Watson is suspended for a significant amount of time. He added, quote, your best option is to go back to Baker Mayfield and beg him to stay. So I Cho. 
What's best for Baker Mayfield's future? For me, this is very simple. Mm-hmm. Sit and make him miss you. Mm. That's that's the that is what is absolutely best for Baker Mayfield's future. It is to sit and let the Browns miss you. Baker, the Browns need to be reminded of who they are without you at a minimum, who they were without Mm. you. Baker, even when you only won six games your first two years, the Browns hadn't seen that since the days of Tim Couch, Mm. 2001, 2002. Baker, when you won 11 games in your third year, the Browns hadn't seen double digits since 2007. And Baker, when you led the Browns to the playoffs in that same third year, Browns hadn't seen a playoff appearance since 02 and a playoff victory since 94-95. So Baker, you need to be absent because as the saying goes, you never know what you got until it's gone. And Baker, once the Browns don't have Deshaun Watson to start the season because Mm -hmm. of his looming suspension, the Browns must realize how much you did for them and how much they miss you. Mm -hmm. The best thing for Baker Mayfield would be to sit. Man, best thing for Baker Mayfield to do is just sit there quietly and count your money. But Baker Mayfield can't control his future right now, and that's what's unfortunate. That's why he has no leverage in this situation. Last thing you should do, Baker Mayfield, is sit there and remind them of what you were with them. Because that was six wins, six wins, 11 wins, six wins. That sounds like, to me, first year, you're young. Second year, we have a lot of change. Third year, whoa! Fourth year, oh. And it's a disappointment, man. Like, the outlier is not that Baker Mayfield is amazing. The outlier is he had one good season. And that's it. Like, you would think that... Baker Mayfield make him think, oh, my God, if we just stayed with him and then we just supported him, if we just gave him more resources. Dog, they had the most ready-made roster, many said, for Super Bowl contention of all teams for a couple years there. Gave him a tremendous backfield, gave him receivers, gave him defense, gave him defenders. And Baker Mayfield found a way to go 6-6-11-6. So he can't remind them of what that was because that's not good enough. The writing's on the wall for Baker Mayfield. Basically, they are saying sit there quietly will tell you where your next destination is, but certainly it's not here in Cleveland. I know you don't agree. I know, I know. Just the Browns paid Deshaun Watson $230 million, not necessarily because Deshaun deserved it, mm. but because the Browns understand they are not a hot spot for free agent quarterbacks. Okay, real talk. Case Keenum, Tyrod Taylor, oh. Brian Hoyer, an injured Robert Griffin, Jason Campbell, Seneca Wallace, Jacoby Brissett. The Browns aren't a hot spot for quarterbacks and for agency, so they had to pay Deshaun $230 million. Mm. They didn't want to. They knew the only way I can get a quarterback on the street to come here to Bree, Ohio, 76 Lou Groza Boulevard. <laughs> it's very simple. I love it. By paying him $230 million. Baker, too, knows that. Because Baker also knows that, Baker realizes (laughs) everything that's best for y'all is currently in this building. Me, Deshaun. You can say Jacoby, Jacoby, Mm. me and Deshaun. Mm. But if Deshaun ain't going to be in the building once the suspension hits, Baker realizes, oh, y'all have nothing else besides me. What happened to Jacoby? So if I'm Baker Mayfield, I could play, but I might not play well. Now I got to deal with Marcellus Wiley. (laughs) Or I could not play. And in my absence, my perception is going to grow even higher. Yeah. Say this and I'm done. Yeah, yeah. 
The greatest legacies, this is true, and y'all may not have thought about this before ever, but I think about this all the time. The greatest legacies in sports are made greatest because of absence. They're not actually made greatest because of presence. Michael Jordan's legacy, Mm. it became so great once he left, came back, and won. Barry Sanders' legacy, it's made greatest because of absence. Imagine if Barry was behind the Cowboys line. Mm. Imagine what would have happened if Barry Sanders would have kept playing. Calvin Johnson, legacy made greatest in absence. Boy, if Calvin Johnson would have played for somebody better, if Calvin would have kept playing, the Mona Lisa. What? Where are we going now? What, she was absent too? I've seen the painting. The Mona Lisa's legacy was actually built because it got stolen for three years. Mm. A janitor stole the Mona Lisa, and a janitor stole the Mona Lisa in the midst of the Great Depression. So we're on a worldwide hunt for this painting, the Mona Lisa. Mm. It wasn't the Mona Lisa's presence that built up the esteem of the Mona Lisa. It was the absence of the Mona Lisa that made everybody say, where is this painting? It's what built it up in esteem. Legacies are made greatest by absence, not presence. The greatest thing that Baker Mayfield could do is be absent because it's the absence of something that actually (laughs) dictates the greatness of a legacy, the greatness of a lore of that very thing. Baker, don't play this season because if you actually want to boost your stock, boost your value and boost your legacy, you do that by being absent. Mm. I don't know, Baker. I don't know, man. Put it this way. If he were my son, I'd be like, we done messed up. But there's a way out and we're going to recover. It's going to be fine. The ball only bounces once it hits the ground. Let's hit the ground. Let's not trip here. But Baker, the Browns will say this to you. You won't play if we say so. I dare you not to play. Then we dare ourselves not to pay you. And then what do you get out of this season? Uh, A a six-win average for Baker Mayfield in terms of Three of the four years, so it seems like the median is going to be six wins. You're closer to the bottom than you are to the top with Baker Mayfield. And that's the problem. I think the summation in Cleveland is we're better off without him. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, say what you want. No one is sitting there saying he's the future. We know. That's why we're not paying him going past this year. One year, $4.6 million. Do you know? This is why I know Baker Mayfield. You're in trouble, brother, in Cleveland. You got to go, and they're going to make sure you go. Here's the contract breakdown for this year. Baker Mayfield's making $18 million. Jacoby making $4.6 and Deshaun making $1 million. Why? Because Deshaun, you ain't playing this year because we ain't invested in you. Jacoby, we need you and we need somebody kind of good but kind of cheap because we got to pay Baker 18 unless another team takes them off our hands. So Baker Mayfield, what's best for him is just to chill out. No more love letters, no more podcasts, nothing. Just let this play itself out so that ball can hit the ground finally bounce back up. Coming up, it looks like Russell Wilson is fitting in just fine in Denver. Tell you if we're confident he can live up to the hype. And that's next on Straight For Yourself. The theft that made the Mona Lisa a Expectations are sky high in Denver. After, I guess I should have said mile high. Golly. You had a moment, huh? Expectations are mile high in Denver after nine-time Pro Bowler Russell Wilson came over. And it looks like he's already making his mark. Teammate Melvin Gordon said, Russ is locked in this offseason, adding, quote, he's really trying to change the feel around here. Sell. You confident Russell Wilson will live up to the hype in Denver? No. I know Russell Wilson's going to ball. A healthy, focused Russell Wilson's going to ball. That dude is so dedicated. 
did the whole pregame when he knew he wasn't going to play. I have never seen that before from any other player. But the point is, Russell Wilson going to show up. But the point is, where are you showing up in Denver, in the AFC West? Goodness, why would you have to pick this division? So I don't think it's going to add up into the total team success, even though Russell Wilson will live up to the hype. They're going to know that they have a franchise quarterback. They're going to know that they have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson. But in terms of the wins and losses, I think this team still comes up short in that division. I don't disagree this year. I do think Russell Wilson will live up to the hype eventually because what we've forgotten, Russell Wilson, as great as he is, and he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, Mm -hmm. has never had an offensive-minded head coach. Like, Russell Wilson has had to beg to cook. Aaron Rodgers hasn't had to beg for that. Aaron Rodgers may have begged for teammates, may have begged for Randall Cobb, but he's never had to beg to allow him to pass the ball. Nathaniel Hackett, now with head coach for the Broncos, former offensive coordinator, for the Green Bay Packers, he's going to be looking around like, hey, Russ, do your thing, big dog. Mm-hmm. You're one of the best quarterbacks in ball. Yeah. Go ahead and do your thing. The hype is this. Can you live up to your Hall of Fame status? Mm. What does it take to live up to that? Make some Pro Bowls, be an All-Pro, and lead us to the promised land. I do see the Broncos winning playoff games. Will they win a Super Bowl? That's TBD. You know how hard that is to do. But I think playoff they will games come close. this year, you think? No, no. I think you don't think they can win one playoff game I this think year? They're making the playoffs this year. That division gang related, and they ain't on the right side of the street. Let me say this. Uh, this is what's going to be beautiful about watching this offense, especially. When you played in Denver before, when you play in Denver, it's hard to breathe from hello. And Russell Wilson's the king of extended plays. If I'm playing defense and Russell running around like that, I'm not used to this, coach. Mm-hmm. That's going to add up for this te- team as the season goes on. Problem is, the teams in this division are used to playing there. And those teams in the division right now, on paper, look like that they're better suited for making the postseason. Russell wasn't going to ball out. I remember I played in Denver my first game ever, rookie year, preseason, against John Elway. And no matter what they tell you in terms of being prepared and the conditioning, nothing, nothing, like, nothing it. like it, especially when Russell Wilson zigzagging all day. 15 seconds, it feels like, to extend that play. The Broncos, you got them 10 wins, 11 wins. Where you at? Ah, uh, I think they're that 9-18. and 18. They're like the Colts of last year. You're like, oh, ah. Oh. It's just going to be too tough. Kansas City twice. L.A. Chargers twice. Direct twice. And then where are you going to get your wins from, man? But it's don't you think, because I like how you said that, in sports you really do do that. Like, dang, we got to play the Raider. We got to play. I think the Broncos are now good enough mm-hmm. where the Chiefs are looking like, Eesh. yeah, yeah. Like, we got to play the Broncos twice. Raiders are like, man, we got to play the Broncos. Chargers, we got to. It's no longer the Broncos looking at them like, dang, we really got to play them. Yeah. Now that Russell Wilson's in town, I think they're also saying to themselves, man, we have to play Denver. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're Denver, if I'm on the Broncos, this is how I would think about it. Oh, I see the Chiefs. I see the Chargers. I see the Raiders. They about to jump us. So I'm going to pick the weakest one of them three and swing on him first and then hope. Now, who's the weakest of them three? Who are you going to swing on first? Like, are you really going to go attack the Raiders? Raiders don't play that. Raiders made the playoffs last year. It's going to be tough, man. Might get knocked out. Coming up, Aaron Rodgers sounds like he's doing just fine without Devontae Adams. He sounds like it. We'll tell you if we're buying it next on Spade for yourself. Swing, swing, swing. Chop, chop, chop. Aaron Rodgers will be playing without two-time All-Pro Devontae Adams. And it sounds like he's ready to move on. Recently said he's excited about Alan Lazard getting the chance to be their number one wide receiver. Adding, quote, I'm not worried about him at all stepping into that role. Wow. 
Acho, you buying Aaron Rodgers is not worried about replacing Devontae Adams? No, that's a lie. I respect that lie. Uh, or you know what? Aaron Rodgers, he don't lie. He just be misinformed. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, it's misinformation, y'all. I don't think Aaron Rodgers actually is, is, is cool with Devontae Adams being gone because Aaron Rodgers knows he got back-to-back MVPs. But more than that, Aaron Rodgers remembers, yo, the Packers were out on him after a 25-touchdown, four-interception season. Mm. They said he was over the hill. Mm. If you don't think you're going to statistically decline with Devontae Adams gone and now you're getting paid more money than ever, nah, Aaron Rodgers, he ain't chilling. Nah, he don't mean this. He's just faking it till he makes it, and he hopes he can make him a number one receiver like a Devontae Adams. It's, it's the fourth situation when your next man is up even if you don't believe in him, you got to lie to everybody. You still got to say next man up. You got to say next man up, even though you're like, man, he shouldn't be next up. It's forced situations, <laughs> like forced teammates. Sometimes it works. Oh, sometimes real. it doesn't. But you always lie and act like it will. That's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow, y'all. Peace. Hey. <laughs>